0: We are going to watch the Christian Community onwards and It's about Christian marriages and relationships, and I think it's great going and that. So sometimes I miss Christian comedy. Last year I had just a small window of opportunity to try to book a Christian community to watch him and Brad Stein coming to him. And I got that close to booking him, and he got picked up somewhere in the Dallas area. that i thought, man, I really wanted him. So working on getting another one, one of these. Keep it secret, but I'm going have a all right. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you as well. As you consider being here in the Sanctuary Willis, experience what God is doing as well as Baptist Church. As you just heard we have a lot of things happening, so, keeping it prayer for our youth group that going to go to women's camp again. And so we're moving out to the end of February for that. So keep start praying for your youth group. Pay for our youth pastor, pay for our female chaperones that we'll be going with us. We're taking a large group with us this year. We're taking eleven youth and Two chapter 13 of the day So, praise God for that. Uh, biggest one we've had in a long time. And with it comes a big price tag, too. So, we need those those fundraisers. So, please carefully consider supporting your youth group. And the first one we're going to have is that uh, couple state night. game we're going to have it called, I Well to You we Know You Boo? And so, that will be a lot of fun. We'll go in with it like that. So, come and be a part of that support your YouTube YouTube says do I have to be a couple? No. It comes a single you have to be a couple to be a part of the How Well Do You Know Your food part, But um, the other parts you can be a part of and there will be other book prizes and games as well. So it will be a fun night. It's going be a Friday, February night. Uh, please consider supporting the YouTube channel. Also, I want to remind you that the library is having a wonderful event coming up Saturday called Get to Know Your Library. And uh, Stephanie can actually tell you a little more about the time if you do that, Stephanie. conflict If the youth were going to the Tri-Rivers area for a fun, fun game today, uh, will the Tri-Rivers cancel that due to wet or inclement weather and the lack of enrollment to have they enough people in the for that. So they went ahead and canceled that. So there is no longer a scheduled conflict in this place. So if you're not doing anything Saturday, come out and the say 10 to 12. 10 to 12 will be a part of the library day and find out what your are and every day that's just can offer you. And your family, there are already a busy library. I'm proud to say that we are one of the last churches that still have an operating library. for that. Most of them have one obsolete, and so we still have one. So praise All right, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to be please in the book of Romans, chapter 5. We'll continue on with our study we, we began Sunday night called the seven results of justification. And so we went through three of those. We'll pick up. Uh, with our last four, and I'll be honest with you, we're probably not going to finish it, but that's a okay as well. Uh, looking forward to what's going to happen Sunday. Sunday we're going to have an interesting uh, message Sunday morning. We can take a look at some of the beginnings, the basics. There, Prophet Isaiah tells us he'll tell us the end from the beginning, and the beginning from the end. So we'll take his advice and take a look in the beginning to see what we can find in there to apply to our Christian life today. And as we're looking into that. Uh, I want to remind you that Sunday evening services will meet over at um, the uh, Unity Baptist Church just on the edge of Conference Cove on 16th North. If you just get ready to leave out, you'll see you the big mountain in front of it right there. Not to be confused with uh, United Faith Church, which is just a few blocks down the road from that. Unity Baptist Church, uh, you can actually see it. There has a big, big, big up right the construction site with a big mountain in front. Uh, right spot there, and that's where our association annual would be. And so, we've uh, elected to have, in lieu of our Sunday night service, to attend our um, United Baptist Association Texas Association annual meeting that will be Sunday night. Come out and support pastors on that, as I'll be leaving the charge to those churches. The meal starts at 4.30. 30. We have eight signed up for the meal, uh, but you do not have to sign up for the meal. Uh, you can come at six and be a part of. So if you're missing out on a meal I have eaten Unity Baptist food before, you're already missing out on a blessing. And if you want a great place to get blessed, the Unity Baptist fingers are gonna knock the stock off. So get ready for that. All right. So we're in Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five, we look at the seven results of justification. Shall we begin? Remember we went over justification, just to think a little bit about what Justified and one of my best examples that I could take of you know, when I was a young kid when my father uh, was raising us, he was in the United States Army. I remember being in, in Germany and one of the justifications we had for the places we were was my father was in the Army. We were justified for being there. I remember we had to show, military ID card, anytime we went to the commissary, TPX, uh, anytime we went to the military hospital, some of you remember some of those. The 1970s and 1980s. I don't know what they do nowadays. I imagine the IDs on your phone nowadays. You're getting so sort advanced. Of and that still got the card ones in there. But uh, I remember showing those, and uh, I know that nowadays they even have no ID days and things of that nature. So there's all kinds of neat things that are out there. But uh, when I was there, it was a time kind of a war, a kind of a Cold War. And so very strict, uh, very strict security measures everywhere we went. And you had to be justified. There, tell you, it was me, there was very little walking into things that the justification was that my father was in the military. We were justified being in those schools, and those gyms places that we went to. Justified to do there As a Christian, you are justified to be in the presence of God because of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are justified to be able to bring your prayer to Him because of Jesus Christ, and not just because of Jesus Christ Himself as a person, but because He shed His blood for us. That makes us justified. In God's presence. Now, just take new for when the term opposed to condemnation as regards nature, it is the judicial act of God by which He pardons all the sins of those who believe in Christ and accounts, accepts, and treats them as righteous in the eyes of the law. So remember what the law is? We like to look at them basically as the Ten Commandments. But not just the Ten Commandments, all 613 of the Torah laws. The so 613 of them commandments is kind of the summation of them, if you will, as conformed to all its demands. when we're justified in Jesus, God sees us as fulfilling all 613 of those laws everywhere, every second, every minute, every hour of every day. You remember the old 7 slogan? We're open from 7-11, 365 days a year. Remember Jesus Christ, you are justified in Jesus 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. Somebody should be we are washed in the blood. So we're justified to conform to all the laws of man in Now, let me ask you a question. If you're not in Jesus, some of you may not be, if you're online tonight and you're not in Jesus, then that law is what facing to judge you. That law is going to condemn you. You say, well, Pastor, I can pass some of those laws. You no, know, no, you've got to pass all of those laws all of the time. All of the time. And the good news is, in Jesus Christ, you need to get the picture physically and spiritually here. In Jesus Christ, this body becomes dead to the law. That's why as a Christian, it doesn't matter if you eat bacon. Somebody say amen now! Because this body's dead to the law. That's why it's irrelevant if you eat kosher or if you wear 100% wool clothing because you are dead to that law. What the Christian is required to keep is the moral law. And that moral law of things that shape your soul, your spirit, I'm getting off the subject here, but are beginning to see the picture of being justified in Jesus Christ. So, and we are looking at being righteous in God's eyes. And so I get tickled throughout the years. As you know, I served as a rabbi before. And I get tickled as those who still try to hold on to the law saying that justifies me to God. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make God love you anymore, it doesn't make God hate you anymore, it doesn't make you righteous to God. It's like trying to jump out of an airplane when you've got a parachute off and flapping your arms to try to help the parachute. It does no good. It does not help whatsoever. In fact, sometimes when your arms are off of the parachute guiding range, you get off the target sometimes when you're trying to keep the law. We miss what's great here. All right, let's take a look at our next slide. In addition to the pardon, and what I mean by that is what it means to be absolved. Have that removed, be blotted out from sin. Justification declares that all the claims of the law are satisfied and respected and justified. It is the act of a judge. Remember, we talked about that last week or Sunday evening. A judge who says you are righteous and not a sovereign act who says, I just say you don't have to keep it. That's the difference between a judge and an executive decree. Executive order, the president stands up and says, You guys can all come in our border. That's the executive order. A judge would stand and say, You legally have the right to come yeah. in. There's a big difference. The law justifies it. In God's eyes, you are justified by the law, justified by Him as a judge, saying the fine has been paid for, the debt has been paid, somebody had to buy, and He did. Jesus Christ. And that's why you have to be dead to the law. If you try to be alive to the law, you're making yourself in trouble here. All right? So, it is the act of a judge and not of a sovereign. The law is not relaxed or set aside, but is declared to be fulfilled in the strictest sense. And so the person justified is declared to be entitled to all the advantages and rewards arising from perfect obedience to the law. And so we'll take a look at some of those rewards that come from perfect obedience. In fact, before we go any further, what are some of the rewards you might think come from being someone perfectly obedient to God's law? Peace. Holiness. Righteousness. Fulfillment. Help me out now. If you ever, you ever finish the job, and, and look back at it and say, I like what I did. I have not built a lot of things with my hands. The reason are wise. I, I don't see it not the Some of you know what, I don't my eyes doing grossed all the time. One of these days, God may take my heart from me, and that's okay. I have... I have no doubt of that. Here's my, my deal, though, is i built some things, though, and it felt good. And, I'm, uh, and one of the last projects I took on, I, I built a deck in my backyard years ago. I took it up due the uh, carpet and things like that later on throughout the year. But I built it when we first bought our house. And it, it was a floating deck, so it was really simple to build. Basically just a frame with, with a little big boards I on top. to build. But as I was out there trucking along, doing what I thought was a fine job. Betsy comes out and said, that's the most crooked thing I've ever seen. And I stood up and said, what do you mean? She said, step back. And I stepped back and my straight line was no longer straight. It was crooked. Somebody say amen. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> I agree with Melissa. It was the woods' fault devil made me do it. See, we do those things all the time, don't we? When really deep down inside, our own flesh is what caused it. You know what? We're getting off the topic again. But it's true. <laughs> and so I had to pull up those boards and I had to go back behind and shorten the length of all of them to make it straight again. So, you know, I mean, the straight lines started going longer and longer and longer, and it looked like like I had myself a, a set of hookpipes out there. So I had to go and, and and one by one, just a little bit, a little bit, little bit, and you know that's how the devil works. He'll get you to leave truth, grace, the Bible, just a little bit at time, and next thing you know, you feel like you're walking the narrow streets you're now. You feel, you know what? That, that's how it works. That is how it works not even gotten to our scriptures yet. You're beginning to see the struggles of a Christian life. And all of us have it. There's no one immune from it. You also see some of the rewards of it when you get to step back and say, thank you, God, that you did, you did. Thank you, God, you used you. There's nothing more humbling. And I know the majority of you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing more humbling than what God used to you to lead the soul. Jesus right, come on, say amen. There's nothing more humbling than that. All right. Let's move on then. We're going to look at Romans chapter 5. Let's read verses 1 through We're going to do more than 10, though. We're going to do all the way through 21, I okay? think. Remember, justified means just as if I'd never sinned. Because so Jesus justified it to be in the presence of God. Next slide, please. 1 through 21. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom also we have access by faith into this grace. In which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Please remember verse uh, 3 there and 4. Perseverance, character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who is given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates, for God shows His own love, and that was our office of devotion this morning, demonstrates, we like to think of just showing you have. Demonstrates, here in the Bible, means not just demonstrate, but actually do it for you. God did it for you. God shows His own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath, through him. Take a look at me in verse 9. What are we saved from? Most people say, I'm saved for myself. I'm saved from my sins." Verse 9 tells you what you are saved from, from the wrath of God. If you do not have Jesus Christ, you will face the wrath of God for breaking those 613 commandments. And believe me, you are guilty of every single point. God is justified for punishing you. That is the whole point of the book of Romans. God is justified for for putting you in hell. And we've been preaching over the last 100, 200 years that God loves, and He does. But we forgot to tell people that He is just to put those competitors left. Right. He is very just and very righteous for doing so. We deserve hell; There isn't single one of us who deserves everything. And the law testifies to that. We say, so Give me an example of that. When was the last time you told a lie? That was the night. You say, Well, it's just a small lie. I told Pastor he looked good in that coat. You lied. Alright, if I remember Revelation 21, 8. All I had a part where? Thank you. Thank you. Saved from wrath through him. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, and we were we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more. This is Paul's way of saying, not just much more, but abundantly more, Not just abundantly more, but emphatically more. Emphatically, exponentially more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Because God, when you become a Christian, doesn't see your life anymore, He sees the life of his Son. Not only that, verse 11, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as true one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread all men because all sin, for unto the law sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. In other words, even though we were sinful, since there was no law, we was just let go. But when the law came, guess what happened? Verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Jesus. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gifts by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Looking so at our next slide. And the gift is not like that which comes through the one who sinned, for so the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses By one man's offense, death reigns through the one. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteousness act, excuse me, righteous act, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered... That the office might abound. That is what the law's job is. The law is not to make you righteous. The law is to show that you need a Savior. Look with me in verse 20 again. Moreover, the law entered that the office might abound. And we said churches, we have people out there today saying, The law makes us righteous. The law cannot make you righteous. The law makes you guilty. Moreover, the law entered that the office might abound. So where sin abounded, somebody help me out now. Grace did much more about? Hallelujah! Yes, right? Amen. Verse twenty-one. So that as sin reigneth in death, even so grace might reign through the righteousness. Of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's take a look at some of those. Only got about fifteen minutes left. I'm going to move real quick. Here. Next slide, please. Number one, we started out and go justification, grace, grace, so unjustified. Have peace with God. I'm not going to go back over it, but when you are right with God. You have peace with God. You have peace with God tonight. Some of you feel like you're at war with God. You know why you're at war with God? Because your relationship with God is broken. Your relationship with God has went off of line and you started getting crooked. And you need to get it back right. But the problem is, you can't get it back right. But you know who can? Jesus yeah. Let's take a look at the next one here. Access to true grace we talked about on Sunday evening. By whom also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Remember as we read that in Romans chapter 5? to this grace. And we get a good picture of it here in 1 Peter. Let's take a look at the next slide. We go into this position by faith, and certainly not by our own works. This is not enjoyment, for it had been enjoyment, it would have said, by the Spirit. No doubt, the standing gives us great enjoyment, but we enter the standing by faith. This is the true grace of God where we stand. 1 Peter 5, verse 12. We get a picture of it. I don't know if I've quoted this for you tonight. Let's take a look. So I went ahead and missed that title. 3, 2 to 5, 12. And this is the picture. Remember, we talked about Silas, Silvanus, being the one in true grace. And so we took a look at what Silvanus did, and the message he was bringing, through grace. Jesus Christ So, that brings a question that you need to remember. Was there ever a time you were not allowed in the true grace? The answer is absolutely, positively, yes. Let me give you an example of that. Hey, Moses, take the shoes off of your feet for the place where I am standing. Say, what? be bringing that dirty, nasty stuff up in here. Yeah. Alright? Got a picture of it there. Practical. Practical. All right, next slide. Three. We've got the hope of glory. That is one of those traits of a justified Christian. Peace with God, access to true grace, and hope of glory. That's what we left off the last week with hope of glory. It brings us the third result. The first has more to do with the past. The second is our present standing and undoubtedly the third has future standing in view. What's the hope of glory? Help me out there. We get to go to heaven. Amen. We get to go to heaven. That's our third one right here. The future displays the kingdom glory is where Christ will have the simple and prominent place. God answer to the cross. This is our hope and we now rejoice in this bright future apostate when we shall be with and like Jesus Christ. If I may quote you a ball, we don't even know what we're going to look like, but we do know we're going to be like him and have a body like him. I don't know about you, but I've already got, I've already sent in my make-to-order form. God, when I get a new body, I need it to be six foot tall. I want it to be blonde hair, blue eyes. Not bad anymore. Yeah, some of you are saying the same thing with me. You're like, you know what? No more glasses would be nice. What's, what's you one of the things you might be thinking about when you get that perfect body I want my hair back. Some more baldness. Some more bunions. Some more bad breath. All right. Get a little personal now. All right, next slide, please. Let's look at number four and pick up in tonight's teaching. Tribulation works patience. This is a trait of justified believers. Did you know that as a Christian? You will face tribulation. You will face tribulation. There is nothing you can do about it. Many times Pastor, for 30 years. People come inside my office and say, what am I doing wrong that God has given me trials and tribulations? You're not doing anything wrong. This is a trait of being justified. Can I remind you what the Bible says? If the world hates Jesus, it's going to what? Hate you as well. Look here. We glory in tribulations also. Remember that we read that in Romans chapter 5 and we glory in tribulations also. But, that's a big but. We'll come back here in just a second. The but suggests something contrary what is normal. Why so? Because of his great work on the cross. We are able thus to bust the glory in the midst of scenes of opposition and personal stress. As a Christian, there is nothing more wonderful than being able to have peace in the middle of tribulation. I spent the time with a gentleman today that I admire greatly. This gentleman is going through something hard, personal in his life. Picked him up today. And he had peace all over his face. He had peace in his heart. And when he got up in my truck, he said, I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Hey, Christian, one of the traits of being justified is having peace when the world's falling apart around you. Amen? That is what it means to be justified in the presence of God. Because of his great work on the cross, we're able to glory in the midst of scenes of opposition and personal sin. Let's take a look at what we got here. Next slide. There are cases now when we look back with gratitude and praise that God's past delivered. And there are many examples of this in the Word, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time tonight giving you those. But this is not the case here. We're in Romans chapter five. This passage informs us that when we are actually in these adversities, we glory. You can glorify God, you can glory when the devil's preaching hard upon you, you can glory. When the world is chipped in you, you can glory when the enemy is hating on you. We rise above the plight and sorrow when we are in them and glory not with self satisfaction, but in the one whom we have been consciously. Sorry about my words. Next slide. Knowing that tribulations work worketh patience. And yet, in our bottom day cancellation you go. It is a deeper experience to go through the storm with the Lord in the boat, and the sea the Lord exercise divine power and in the storm. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Sorry, this is an excerpt from the papers that I wrote recently. Uh, I have had a class on the book of Romans. So anyways, back with this here. When you are in a storm, and many of us, like the disciples, our first response, our first thought is, Jesus calm the storm. Correct me if I'm wrong. We all do it. Jesus stops the storm. But when you start realizing that Jesus is the reward, the Spirit is the reward, that He's growing you in grace and knowledge of the goodness of Jesus Christ, when He's bringing you to a deeper understanding of who He is, then instead of saying, God, take me through the storm, you're going to start saying, God, walk with me through the storm. Because going through this storm with you means more to me than the storm stopping. You understand the picture when the disciples are in the boat and the storm comes, and Peter says, "Lord, make it stop, we're all going to die." And Jesus says, "Oh, Peter, a little faith, nothing. I was going to go through the storm with you, but instead dead one to Is that your prayer? Has that been your prayer lately, Christian? God, make the storm stop. Instead, say, "God, huh? like David did, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Help me out now, for Thou art with me." Are you understanding this? picture? Are you understanding the picture of walking with God, being a justified believer, glorying in trials, tribulations, temptations, and persecution? When we start trusting Him, we realize that having been with God and in the many and various trials that we are called on to encounter, endurance is the outcome for tribulations, working and Next slide which in earlier times would have succeed and perplexed us are now entered into with God and this gives the valuable moral trait of endurance. The word, Thou art with me, I can this a ago from Psalm twenty three and verse four. David yeah, I walk through the of death, thou art with me, thy rod my staff, and thy staff, have had their reward with us. We now know that endurance has been acquired by passing consumation with the Lord, and this is valuable in false to All this is faith. Right. Just to give you some scripture, 2 Timothy 3 12. Yea, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. Help me out. When's the last time you've been persecuted? How are you living godly? Some people say I ain't living godly, Well, I do live righteously. Do you know the difference between righteously and godly. what's the difference? You want to know what righteously is? Living according to righteousness, God's will, how you should live your life. What is living godly? Being a open witness. You want to face persecution? Take your faith out of the sanctuary and take it into your workplace. Take it wherever you go, to HD, to seven eleven, to Walmart. God knows Islam is spreading all over our country today. Homosexuality is spreading all over our country today. And if you will stand up as a godly witness, you're going to face persecution. And right here's Second Timothy three twelve tells us. Yea, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Notice it also says in Christ Jesus. Not godly in the law, not godly in this way, that way, this philosophy. In Christ Jesus. Why in Christ Jesus? Because Christ Jesus tells us, Go ye therefore into all the world. And he says, Make disciples, preach to them, teach them, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You got the picture here. This will be in James 1, verses 2 and 3. My brethren, have love, no joy when you follow in the various trials. This is the half brother Jesus. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I love James. If anybody was ever tested, it had to be James, the half brother Jesus. How is that? Could you imagine growing up in the shadow of Jesus? Can you be more like Jesus? Can you act more like Jesus? Can you take a page out of your brother's book? This guy had his patience tested. And he says, Brother, can I can't love Joe? We find very tight. Let's take a look at the next slide. I am praying for persecute Christians are you? in fact I believe I'm not a prophet but I believe that United States of America is coming soon to a day when they will persecute Christians in Jesus Christ not Christians in name Christians in Jesus because most people you meet God, they say I'm a Christian I don't go to church I don't do anything say, oh, well, I'm a Christian I'm a drunkard I'm a drug user I'm an adulterer but I'm a Christian you ain't a Christian a Christian in Jesus Christ says you can't be those who be a Christian at the same time. And the world will persecute us for that. Our government will persecute us for You got any Christians for that. Look at the next slide, please. Here's a guy right here that I admire greatly, and he is not a pastor. Fourteen years in communist prison. Could not break his faith. If you're interested in it, there's a copy in your church library. Check it out and watch Say, Pastor, I don't have a DVD player. You can get one of those in the library. Too. Portion for Christ. Check it out. Put tears in your eyes. Next slide, please. This is an abstract from the book and from the movie. It was strictly forbidden to preach other prisoners. It was understood that whoever was caught doing this received a severe beating. A number of us decided to pay the price for the privilege of preaching, so we accepted their or the communist terms. It was a deal. We preached and they beat us. We were happy preaching. They were happy beating us. So everyone was happy. Richard Warnbrass. I went to the book is also in the library as well. Get it and read it. Next slide, please. Number five, patient's worst experience. This is also from Romans chapter five patient's experience. Think about that Patient brain experience. There's nothing like a patient response. In fact, I've often given advice from the pulpit that a soft answer turns away. soft answer turns away wrath. Think about that for a second. you ever been so tempted to lash out, to report, to respond, to say, the Bible tells us, patience brings spirit. This brings us nearer to a God whose ear is always ready to listen to us, whose ceaseless presence with us is a constant comfort. Are you beginning to understand that there is a reward being a Christian, God always listens to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, till the day you go to be with Him. That is what I call patience. God's patience. That's comfort. Now, not a question of trials, anxieties, and sorrows, but the God whose love we have learned so well and all these and above. Look the next. Back to Himself and His presence, which gives us experience of the richest elegance. We know him that is from the beginning, that is, Jesus Christ. That's why uh, I have the word in that Logos to the word that's Father. James 1, 2, and 4, let's take a look at it again. A breath account of glow when you find the various trials, knowing that the testament in his do produces patience, but that patience have its perfect work, which he may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Want to be a perfect Christian? Be a patient. Be patient for God to answer. And there's amen, I'm not about the church. Be patient for the church to answer. Be patient for your Christian friends to understand. Be patient for other people to understand your view, your side. All right, let's take a look next. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8, just to get a good picture here. So I'm already being poured out. This is the Apostle Paul. This is this long side. This is where he's ready to die. I'm already being poured out some drink offering. I love Paul for this. You know anything about the drink offering? Come out, pointing down on the rocks on the stone. It's just him and it's just God. May the offering take the glass or the jar and break it and pour it out. meaning you know, It can't be refilled. It's over. It's done. I'm already being poured out of the drink offering and the time of my departure is ahead. hand. Paul knows he's about ready to die. In fact, if you don't know how the Apostle Paul died, I want to encourage you to learn. How did the Apostle Paul die? Well, they just had him. And then they ordered his body, cut his arms and his legs off. And they took his head and put it in one vat of oil. Took one arm and put it in a vat of oil, another arm, another leg and another leg and put his torso in the vat and each night Caesar would have a garden party. And he would light his garden party with that vat of oil. And he'd say, now Paul, you are the light of the world. That's how the Apostle Paul was martyred. I I'm already being poured out of a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who love His appearance. I have been mystified by the it. grammar, in verse 8 by the word structure because if I was writing that, I would say, but also to those who love Jesus But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, to those who love He's a parent I can't look through the eyes of Paul. But I have to do that. I think Paul is to human seat. In heavenly eyes. He's just getting ready to go. with the Lord, he so faithfully served. The Lord He so willingly gave everything for you're beginning to look down and see those. Can I ask you a question? Do you want to to Loving the Lord? And loving is coming, or are you one to go saying, He ain't coming? After you're online so I can say, He ain't coming anytime soon, or at least he's not coming in my lifetime, so I got nothing to worry about. You better get back to me. verse say. Also, to those who love his coming. Time. I'm over time. i got to stop right now. I'm to ask you a question. you look looking just out of six of those. I'm a believer. Does God do? you have peace? Do you have access to grace? Yes, you do. Are you one of those? Because I am justified to be in the presence of God. I'm loving His it. coming. I right, have got peace. I'm going to go with a step you ever took a look at my river and you say, how do you have peace on the river? That is white water everywhere you go. So God is my captain. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. No invitation tonight. If He spoke to you, grab somebody. We have two deaconships now. Grab them and say, hey, I need to put this in my heart. I need to get my relationship right. They'll be happy to pray with you. Grab me. I'll be happy to pray with you. Grab one of our Christian friends, and you know who they are because you've seen them. you watch them that when you say, I need to make Jesus, my Lord and Savior, that we have to pray. The person in your church can't lead you to Jesus. Let's go, Lord and Savior. Father God, oh, how we thank you for your Word. And Lord, I love it when we don't have enough time to finish what you did. So I pray, Lord God, that you would let our lives go so quickly that when we look up and we're just going uh, to teaching on your Word, the next thing you know, you're appearing. <laughs> and those, those clouds are rolling back, Lord, we hear that shout and we hear that trump. And then we're going to rise up and meet you in the air, remain with you forever. Hallelujah. Blessing be your name, Lord God. And I pray you give us all peace. Remind us all that we have access to you. Remind us all, Lord God, we have the hope of the glory. Help us, Lord God, when we face trials and tribulations. Help us to remember the is going in. Better to walk with you to the top Young and say, "Remove the time. Thank you, Lord God, for your teaching. You are growing up, and you are using us, being comfortable. Go with us now as we depart your house now. Bring a picture back to your house on Sunday to worship you. Jesus' faith and in Amen. God bless you all. Shenone, and I'll see you on Sunday morning. You don't want to miss that sermon. We're taking a look at those not